stunning. It captured the moment of the collapse. A 12-story building partially collapsed this morning, just a few miles north of Miami. Search and rescue teams now working around the clock for any signs of life after part of a 12-story apartment complex suddenly and tragically collapses. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Admission. It's been one week since a 12-story residential building collapsed in Surfside, Florida. At least 18 people have died and nearly 150 people still remain missing. As search and rescue crews continue the painstaking and dangerous task of making their way through the rubble, structural engineers are also on site to assess the situation. It will be a while before a thorough investigation will reveal why this catastrophe took place. In the meantime, people all over the country are wondering if they could be vulnerable to a similar disaster. What about the buildings here in the Bay Area? We know our buildings have to live up to strict earthquake codes, but what about other dangers? Do Bay Area buildings have similar risk factors as that 12-story condo in Florida? Are climate change and rising sea levels changing the calculus? And are state and local authorities on top of the situation? Here to help answer some of these questions is Emily Guglielmo, the president of the Structural Engineers Association of Northern California. I asked her what we should be worried about in San Francisco and the Bay Area. It's a good question, and certainly I know on the minds of of many, um, but I I would encourage the public to um, stay calm and have confidence. We have very stringent building codes that are uh, in in, uh, operation across the country, both in Florida and here in, in California. And they, um, these building codes and the subsequent inspections that are required lead to a lot of confidence in our building structures. These building collapses are extremely rare. And, um, you know, that's, I think, part of the reason that we're struggling to come to terms with what happened in Florida. Um, and so thankfully, I, I would encourage the public to not be overly concerned. Um, there are engineers on site looking to identify the cause of the collapse. And obviously, structural engineers will contribute to any necessary changes moving forward. But uh, we do have very stringent building codes, and uh, we we shouldn't be overly concerned given the uh, one circumstance that has happened in Florida. And as the president of the Structural Engineers Association of Northern California, I wonder what was your first reaction or thought when you saw the news unfolding? Was there something that was triggered in you specifically? Gosh, yeah. As with all people, my my first reaction was one of heartbreak. This is clearly a just an extremely tragic event. And as engineers, particularly structural engineers, we take our responsibility to protect the safety of the public very seriously. So a collapse like this, an event like this, it affects us not just personally and emotionally, but professionally. Um, and absolutely, as a profession, our thoughts are with the affected families as well as the search and rescue teams. And we know that an investigation is still underway in Florida to understand what exactly happened that made this condo collapse in Florida. I think some have suspected some structural failure or damage in the building. What do we know so far? I would encourage us to be patient. Um, right now, uh, the structural engineers that are on site are actually focused on the recovery effort. In, in fact, we're hearing today that there's some instability in the rubble and some of the operations have had to pause. So a structural engineer on site right now is actually assisting our first responders, making sure that the standing structure is safe 
to be around and that the excavation looking for victims um, is safe for the first responders. And as we move past that phase and we move into the investigative phases, you're correct. We're hearing all sorts of um, different uh, possible causes of the collapse. And um, I would caution that um, at this moment in time, it's entirely likely that the end result is not that there was a single cause of collapse, but rather that there were a series or a, a several um, contributing factors. When we see buildings that have been standing for 40 years, um, it's, it's highly unusual. So I, I suspect we're going to be pointing at a number of ways that um, this, uh, this tragedy could have been affected that unfortunately compounded to cause this collapse. And do we know if buildings in San Francisco or around the Bay Area share any of the same risk factors as the building in Miami did? Uh, it's, it's a good question. Um, in general, when we design structures, whether we're in Miami or in California, we have a, a building code and, and much of that building code is pretty universal. So we would generally design for the same gravity loading Obviously, in Miami, they're designing for hurricane-level wind loads, whereas in California, we're designing for seismic forces. Mm -hmm. And so that does lead to slightly different designs. Um, we have similarities of, of coastlines, and um, you know, it, but, but depending on the ultimate cause of failure, it's very difficult to look at what happened there and feel like there's um, similar vulnerabilities right now to our structures here. What about the fact that this building was on the waterfront and there are a lot of buildings, a lot of high-rise development in downtown that's near the water, although maybe not as close to the water? Yeah, so water, there are multiple ways that water can affect our, our structures. And I think the two that we're hearing most often right now are whether it's um, kind of a durability perspective, the, the seawater uh, affecting the structural uh, elements of a building. And uh, frankly, those are um, known hazards. They're things that we design for both structurally and architecturally. When we put a new building near the coastline, those are things we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. The other way that proximity to water can affect the building potentially is through the ground, through the foundations. And again, we are very thoughtful as we engineer buildings along a coastline, whether it be soft soils um, or uh, liquefiable soils. We are we work very closely with the geotechnical engineer prior to constructing a building to understand what we might expect out of our soils and then ultimately engineer a building superstructure that's compatible with the soils that we expect in that area. Miami is a um, very proactive jurisdiction and they have implemented an additional requirement that after 40 years, the structural and the electrical systems of the building must be recertified. And that in includes a structural engineer in this case going out and looking at the condition of the building. And while, and while Miami does have this particular requirement, it is not a nationwide requirement, nor are there many jurisdictions that have a similar requirement. But as structural engineers, um, we definitely are talking after this event, and may maybe this is a, uh, an opportunity for the public and for our community our structural engineering community to consider if there are opportunities for structural engineers to be re-engaged at a set time period to help ensure safety of our buildings. 
One Fifth Admission listener submitted a question to me on Twitter, and they were worried about high-rise buildings in San Francisco that are sinking, like the Millennium Tower, which is something that the Chronicle Newsroom has reported on earlier earlier this year. Is that a risk factor at all for collapse? I would, I would again urge, um, urge confidence and and not uh, try to connect the dots between those circumstances. I think what ultimately is happening at the Millennium Tower is a, a very different um, circumstance and, and specific to the Millennium Tower. I don't know that there's a structure in, in San Francisco or California that's been more critiqued or reviewed. So I don't believe the causes, the collapse, whatever that ultimately is identified as for the Florida structure will be anything that correlates to what you're seeing at Millennium Tower. Mm-hmm. And the most recent memory I have of Anything similar happening, though, on it was on a much lower scale uh, here in the Bay Area is when a balcony collapsed in 2015 in Berkeley, which which tragically killed six students. Have we learned anything from then? And are building codes and regulations, have they improved since then to ensure residents' safety? Yeah, it's a great question. As And as structural engineers here in Northern California, a lot of our minds went to that same tragedy when, when we heard about this. And um, the loss of life from the Berkeley balcony collapse um, was tragic. And we have absolutely made changes moving forward, not just in design, but in construction and maintenance. Uh, The building code, for example, we have altered the magnitude of the load that we design our balconies for. Um, But we also uh, pay particular attention to the construction and the materials and the waterproofing when we put a balcony together now in a way that was not as stringent previously. Uh, We have new maintenance requirements as a result of that tragedy where an engineer must come out and inspect these exterior elevated elements on occasion to make sure that they're not deteriorating over time. And so um, just as I alluded to as the cause of collapse in, in Florida, very likely will point to several compounding factors. The Berkeley balcony collapse solutions also pointed at several possible solutions, including codification, construction, and maintenance. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. There are some risk factors that the Bay Area is facing as a local region, including earthquakes. And John King, our urban critic, has been reporting extensively on sea level rise. Are those issues that, you know, you all are thinking about closely? How are we addressing those kinds of risks? I guess I would thank you for reaching out to the Structural Engineers Association on this particular question, because Building safety and particularly seismic safety is really important to us and and educating the public about it is one of our core missions. And um, as it relates to seismic safety, for example, um, Siong has partnered with several jurisdictions. Uh, City of San Francisco is one of them to help advance various ordinances. For example, the soft story retrofit ordinance is coming to its conclusion in the city of San Francisco right now. And that was an ordinance that was put in place to address a a certain vulnerable building type. In that case, it was a wood-framed soft story structure. And the city of San Francisco, again, is looking at ways to mitigate other building types, such as uh, non-ductile concrete buildings, for example. So there are 
uh, our community is very actively pursuing uh, ordinances and um, other other opportunities to enhance our, our building and seismic safety in the San Francisco Bay Area. And is the concern around seismic safety mostly around older buildings at this point to make sure that they are still up to code and that they're safe? And can we assume that any new development already takes that into account? Yeah, so new construction is always held to current code, and current code is our latest and greatest science. Uh, in California, we adopt a new code every three years. And um, like all science, we uh, adopt and we learn and we we get better. And so inherently, some of our older buildings do have some vulnerabilities like soft stories, like non-ductile concrete. And so um, we are, as structural engineers, are uh, advocating for building owners to look at what their building seismic performance might be to engage a structural engineer, whether it's required by a, an ordinance or whether it's a voluntary upgrade, and to consider what it might look like to enhance your building, an older building. But you're correct. It's generally the older building inventory that we're most concerned about when we talk about seismic safety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as the news around the Miami building keeps unfolding. There's been some reporting about how there was a warning by an engineering consultant that said there could have been some structural issues with this building, but that the report hadn't been passed through the condo's board to the building's residents. And I guess that leads me to wonder, is there something that residents can do to be proactive about their own building safety? You know, if if they're not able to get information directly from the board of the building, for example, are there things that residents can do just to feel safe in their own homes? Absolutely. And obviously, residents vary from owners of a single family residence to a condominium owner that's one of many. But as we just alluded to, when buildings are, are designed and built, they're built to the code at the time of construction. And after the time that they're built, they do need to be maintained in a safe condition by the owner. So I would encourage all building owners to be aware of their building condition as it ages, be familiar enough to recognize signs of possible change or distress. So that might be a crack that develops. It might be some foundation movement, but it's the person living in the home is the one that's going to be able to identify changes. And absolutely, it is incumbent upon building owners to be proactive and to engage a structural engineer if they do see signs of distress. And then uh, an engineer can uh, help facilitate a possible repair. You mentioned that building collapses like like these are, are so rare. Are there other risk factors facing Bay Area buildings that you think are deserve like more attention or care at this point rather than this sort of tragic, horrific incident that has happened? Something like sea level rise, for example, or any other factor like looking long term for our region? Yeah, it would be hard to caution this region that there is any hazard that's more significant to a structure than than an earthquake. And so while this event is extremely tragic, it does remind us that um, we have communities and these communities live in buildings all day, all night. And so it is critically important that we not just design our buildings to the current code, but that we maintain our buildings and that we proactively encourage policy that Um, addresses seismic vulnerabilities and encourages retrofit to our building stock. 
Well, Emily, thank you so much. Obviously, it's on the heels of a very sad tragedy. And thank you for helping us understand it here on a local level. Thank you much, Cecilia. It's a pleasure to be here and representing the Structural Engineers Association of Northern California. Thank you so much. Thank you to my guest, Emily Guglielmo. For reporting on Bay Area building safety as it relates to the Florida building collapse, visit sfchronicle.com. Special thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode and to you for listening.